0: and I am Ishani Nigam your host and producer of the podcast. This podcast is made for all the disruptors around the globe who know that they are made for something for that one thing but fear of embarrassment, fear of rejection, the fear of fear itself holds us back at some point in time but hey Those are the only milestones that if we cross, we are there to take our first steps. So, welcome on this journey with me where I interview people from across the globe so that they can share their story, their challenges and you know that even you can surpass yours. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome on my first step ever. In the special edition of the year-end couple of episodes where I bring in the most unconventional and most futuristic stories from all around the world. Now, this podcast is essentially for the disruptors around the world and the youth. And here I have someone really young in her career. Today, gracing the virtual studios of My my First Step Ever, all the way from Uganda, is the amazing, amazing ambassador, youth ambassador, Oliva Narwada welcome on my first step ever. Thank you,
1: Ishani. I'm so happy and humbled to be here. Looking forward to the amazing conversation and definitely sharing my journey with your listeners. Thank you so much.
0: Oliver, let me just tell you, this is my honor to have you on the podcast. You are the most influential young leaders in Africa recognized in 2022, which is that you are taking some really brave steps out there and making the change. Actually, taking the actions to make change and much more than that. Before we dig into your story and get to know more about you, what really makes you you, what really motivates you, and what really makes that mindset that helps you you know, go ahead each day? So let me introduce you to my listeners today. Oliva is the Africa Youth Ambassador for the FIA Foundation, a founder of Uzima ARI Uganda and a Youth Leadership Board member of the Global Youth Coalition for Road Safety established for the second UN decade of action for road safety. Wow, that is some serious business that you're doing out there. And I'm sure it takes a lot to be in that position because as fancy as it sounds, it is about responsibility that you're carrying on your shoulders. So thank you so much, Oliver, for showing a lot of us that what it takes to be a responsible young adult who are here. She is a global advocate for road safety, sustainable mobility, and climate change climate action with great passion for meaningful youth engagement in global discussions. Oliver has been named among the most influential young leaders in Africa for 2022, so congratulations. And she is a published author, WOW, and an SDG, which is Sustainable Development Goals 11 Youth Champion with strong experience working across the Africa region. So today in our virtual studios, we have a young talent, a young star, a young action taker. And I think we're going to learn a lot from Oliver today. Whoever you are, wherever you're tuning in from, whichever phase of life that you're in, I think this is an episode to really dig deep into and understand that what it really takes to believe in yourself and follow through that. So Oliver, my first question is: Please take me through your growing up days. So what, where, where did you grow up? What were the kind of people you're surrounded with, and the mindset that you grew up with? Thank you so much. And once again, I'm so happy and
1: honored to be here. So, my journey growing up, I, I come from a small, very small, humble community in a district called Jinja. It's in the eastern parts of Uganda, and that's where you find the source of River Nile. For those of you, Kudno now. It comes from my home village. It's a community where a child growing up is a responsibility for everyone. So you receive advice from all the elders in the community, as well as that comes with discipline from all the elders in the community. That my school journey also started where I was born, still Ginger district. Started going out primary, as we have primary, secondary, and then university level. So I started out in a primary, then I went to boarding school. Unlike other countries for us, boarding school back then when I was growing up, it was a good thing because, you know, you avoided <laughs> a few house chores when you're in class and not home. Yeah, but yeah, so that's where I grew up. I started school still in Ginger District, raised by the community, The being part of a small community that was full of poverty, full of a lot of inequalities, exposed me to a lot of injustices. And that is where my passion for wanting change started from. At an early age, I would see like women taking on a full lot of the the burden in the homes in the communities i would see so many young people young children not going to school because either they lacked the means or because they had to stay home and do chores and stuff like that so Growing up in such communities like exposed me to injustices at an early age, but also it gave me the passion to want to change things, not only for my community, but also for other young people across the world. Yes. From there, I went when I finished my primary education, I went to my secondary education in the city, and that was a cultural shock for me, being from a <laughs> community, exposed to all these cars all these lights all the noise and the chaos that comes with being in the city but it also gave me a chance to see another side of life and the possibilities that would happen for a young girl from a humble community and once again from developing passion now exposure in the city gave me the ability to see what i could become and uh, what other young people that are not from my village are doing, the opportunities they have to. And that's how I began. I was claiming my space when I saw all these opportunities that other young people had. I wanted to be part of those opportunities. I wanted to start having my name out there, doing what I could back home. But missing from the city where I, I was now. So... In secondary, I started doing a few volunteer, volunteering work in the areas of the areas of education rights, in the areas of ending injustices on girls and women. And then, yeah, I moved on to university, and now here I am, so basically from a humble community with passion for people, for girls and, yeah, and uh, youth across the world.
0: Thank you. This is lovely, Oliver. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking us through your journey from your childhood to the university. I I see a lot of stories dig in in those few years and I think because those are the few things that have probably left some impression in your mind on your heart and that has, you know, really helped you take some very important decisions to make change uh, and bring about that change in your community. So I'm going to go back a little into what you have shared with us and kind of you know tap into some important aspects over there. So people listening to us can also understand you know how things really work out for people who are really taking action and why do they do certain things. So from I think it's lovely to know that you grew up in a community environment which we can definitely see that that's why you are so grounded, rooted, and you feel so much for the people. You mentioned that there was a transition from your humble background in your village to the city when you had first come. It was a bit too much for you to take in. So I wanted to kind of understand from you that when was the first time, or you know, I mean, you were going through all the injustice and and the kind of condition that you said, you know, it was around that people were growing in that really ached your heart. But when was the first time, if you really remember, you know, that it really stung you so bad in your heart that you felt, no, you know, I can't just be thinking about it and feeling sad about it. I have to take some decisions. Was there any moment as such for you? Or was there, how did that happen for you? So I would love to hear that. That's an interesting question. And I think
1: one scenario popped in mind. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I'm thinking about 15 years old. I'd gone to the hospital with, uh, with my mother and uh, we were seated in the waiting area. So our health centers, when you reach, you have a waiting area where you all sit until they call one by one. And uh, there is this lady who walked in with four children and they were all sick at the same time,
0: like oh, no. the mother
1: was ill and the four children were ill. And then the health worker comes and like, who is the patient? And the lady's like, all of us. And the health worker was shocked. It's like, how come they all of you are sick? Like one mother, four children. The husband was obviously absent from the scenario, and uh, she's like, you know, one of like uh, the eldest has malaria was the first to get infected like with malaria and then she also got a fever but then the the distance from uh, their home to the facility was a very long distance where you I don't know how to translate it's uh, perhaps actually one dollar it costs one dollar but that is a lot of money for yeah. someone my rural community to afford the transport to the health center so she was like i had to wait because since it's malaria i knew they were all bound to get it so i had to Mm -hmm. wait until the last one got it so that would come to the health center at once and that honestly like i was young i of course i couldn't do anything at the time but i looked at my mother and i'm like can we do anything to help them And she looked at me in shock and also me at the same time as I was not only like affected, but also impacted by that particular situation. And when I went back to school, I began asking my teachers, like, "How do we support people in the communities to be able to access health care? How do we support? We have a school bus. Can we, I don't know? I came up with all crazy ideas, and I'm sure my teachers at the time thought I crazy. But I think that was the turning moment for me to understand the realities of life that so many like people are going through, and the inequalities that are existing and that is when i was like you know what i need to do something i need in my child ways in my humble ways i started mobilizing my my peers in the in school to like as i asked my peers anyone who can donate anything either food or soap or whatever for giveaway to the communities. And uh, that was my first, I would say, community charity event that I did. So I Lovely. Found- from my peers in school and then we had the stuff donated to the lady we we're able to track through the health center where she came from and yeah slowly by slowly it became a routine thing that was we done in school where every towards the end of term the school would announce people who had staff for give away to charity and yeah so i think that is the moment that stood out when you asked me that question
0: yeah first of all i'm really really sad to hear the situation that you have shared but that is the reality in a lot of parts of the world and but the good part is that someone like you who was in that situation went back and asked the right questions and you just did not ask questions you took the ownership on your in your own hands and you created a platform a means to help those people and this is what and how you know Things look like for someone who was an action oriented person who really feels for something but also knows how to translate into an action to help the community, help the people. So, I like to kind of emphasize and highlight this thing that you've just shared. Thank you so much, Oliver. For everyone who's listening to us today, if you are in a situation where you feel like, you know, what can I do? It's not in my hands. What if I do? It's not going to help anyone. I think you have a great example over here, my friends. See, this is such a great way to, you know, if you don't get a platform, create a means, create a platform for people, at least whom you can benefit in your vicinity. That's the least that you can do and that's the least that you can start with. So thank you so much, Oliver, for sharing that incident and how you went about, you know, creating opportunities for other people to help them connect to the right resources. Now that we have seen that spark in Oliver over here, that what she is capable of doing from the very young age, we would love to know that what happened, what followed then, you know, once you were in this game, you started asking about public policies and if there's anything that is That can, you know, help people. I see that you went to the university and you completed your education in something really amazing. So if you could please talk to us about that and why did you choose to do your study in that particular field and how did that empower you to be in the position that you are today? I think how I came
1: about my degree, like I've said, my background has shaped some of the choices I've made in education, in career. So uh, my bachelor's degree, my first degree is in psychology. And in my head, as we choose, of course, by the time you choose a university degree, you're not so exposed (laughs) as to what what direction. And I just asked my teacher, who was by the time my my class mentor and I just explained to her the things I would like to do and she had also seen me do all the things within the community and she was like "Ah, oh, perhaps you need something in the section of public health or mental health so that you're able to continue with your passion but at the same time be able to to help the people like you've been doing throughout these years. So that's how I came to do my bachelor's in psychology and uh, it was really a great experience. Because it uh, gave me a lot of tools that I still use up to date, not only in my own mental health care, but also in uh, my profession, in the young people I deal with and helping them through all the different situations that I've been through. And uh, after doing my degree, I I immediately enrolled for my master's degree in uh, population health, the first one, and uh, still it is still the same the same story. I'm passionate about healthcare, healthcare policy. I'm passionate about uh, creating equal opportunities for people to access healthcare. I'm, I'm uh, passionate about cost-effective healthcare services in rural communities. So that is why I continued with uh, with a master's degree within the same direction. So ever since then, all the education I've done, the small courses have been geared towards either health, be it in the realm of mental health, sexual productive health and healthcare, and recently road safety, which I'm now so passionate about. And I was actually surprised (laughs) that my passion in road safety has grown so fast and so rapidly, and I've immersed myself in educating myself about, about the area, how it relates to other areas such as mental health, and it's our HR that I'm also passionate about. So maybe from there I can, for to the listeners of today, I I don't have like one particular area of specialism. I'm one of those people that are passionate about different things and I found a way how to make it work by, by, yeah, making sure that uh, I can Learn from all the different aspects of life that I'm passionate about. So many, I've met so many young people that feel the need to specialize in one area, but that is not the case. You can be passionate about more than one thing, and you can pursue more than one thing and still get where you want to be. Yeah, thank
0: you. Amazing. I, I, I definitely am speaking to a true Gen Z right now. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've been reading a bit more about Gen Gen Z and. This is all, you know, that I can say that I have understood that people in your generation and Gen Z generation, they are very purposeful and they're purpose led. And this is what I see in your journey, that the reasons behind doing your bachelor's and your master's, there is some valid reason for you to do that. And when you have a purpose to do something, you put your mind, heart and soul into this. And the outcome is, in most cases, really, really effective. And we can see that. So first of all, thank you so much, Oliver, for letting us know that, you know, how did your journey of your higher studies and studies really took shape and what outcome has really come out of it is amazing because you are utilizing your studies and actually translating them into real life solutions and actions. Now you're part of some really big global organization who are making changes all around the world. So what you are doing at this young age is actually being the part of the cha- change making society, I would say that, and, you know, impacting so many people's lives. Now, here comes the challenge. Once you're out of university, and once you start applying those learnings and skills, when because when you start working on the real-life challenges, you realize a lot of things that, you know, reality things work differently. Having knowledge is one thing, but Probably having a lot of other skills, people skills, you know, communication skills, or also kind of empathizing with other people, something that really takes the front seat to get your message across and to help people. To bring about a change is the most challenging thing because you are actually trying to change the mindset of a lot of people for the good. So I want to learn from your experience the top three challenges that you might have faced it could be actually anything that in your tenure of being the youth ambassador in FIA Foundation and in the Road Safety Foundation that you are at this point in time. If you can probably take us through the three challenges that you have faced so far and how did you overcome it? Thank you. Once again,
1: amazing question. I think three challenges, the first challenge I would say, getting your foot in the dog. Once once uh, we imagine that, oh, once you study hard, have a good degree, have a first class, then opportunities are going to just come to you, which was not the like case for most of us, including myself. I quickly realized that getting the foot in the door is harder than it looks like and harder than the dream we were sold. So that is the first challenge I faced, like having people to give me a chance. Remember, you are just coming from school, you have no experience you of course don't know the practical tools of some of the areas you want to focus on so having people take a chance on me but uh, as at the same time that taught me to claim my space and force my way into the door <laughs> actually my <Love> first <laughs> my, my my first job it was I don't know, it's a long story, but it was a job for a managerial position, and I put wow. in my application. Yeah. I didn't even have my transcript yet, and the owner of the organization, I was shortlisted to my surprise, but he told me, honestly, I just wanted to see the person behind the <laughs> application <laughs> <laughs> who had the nerves to apply for a managerial position without any experience and any sort of paperwork. <laughs> and... Uh, After that, we had a conversation and he's like, honestly, I would see you're not experienced, but I can see potential in you. So this is the offer I have for you. So that is how I got my first offer by amazing, by just taking my chance, believing myself and going by dreaming big, of course you might not reach you may not reach the sun or whatever but you'll fall somewhere around the stars so that is how my journey to employment started and uh, the other challenge i would say would be it kind of relates to the first, but having people believing you to give you the big opportunities so when you're just starting out it's easy for you to be given the small errands, but how do you get now to the big table to be part of the big discussions and uh, share opinion, but also amplify the voices of the young people in the communities where you come from. And uh, that was a challenge because we grew up, up, first of all, in a world, in my community, in a world that believes men are more informed, uh, better thinkers and analysts than women, and also that same community believes that elderly are more, Better position to make decisions than the young ones. So, being a young person, looking so small, so tiny, how do you start using people to get you into that boardroom to be part of the big conversations and big discussions? And also, then the other challenge would be fundraising for the issues you're passionate about. So, we all want to make change, we all want to be part of the change we want to see, but this needs money, this costs money, and how do we start as a young person? How do you start to fundraise for the initiatives I uh, like you've introduced me, I'm a founder of an organization called Uzma Are Uganda, and that uh, this with this organization we started with doing charity work using our own resources. my salary literally I would use my salary to feed into the organization to do activities in the communities and uh, slowly by slowly we we realized we need to Go for bigger things and that means starting to fundraise, starting submitting proposals, starting to talk to people, putting our name out there both on social media, but also being part of these different conferences and summits where we are able to share the work we are doing. So I would say those are the three big challenges at first. Getting my foot in the door, having people take me seriously as a young person in big discussions and also fundraising for the issues I'm passionate about
0: incredible Oliver. that is i am just bowled over with the confidence that i think it's more like belief in yourself that you know that you are capable and you just went ahead and you just put the application wherein we keep thinking up so much about just a position that we know that we are capable of you know we have experience and we still think 10 times before you know whether we should be applying or not so thank you so much for sharing that that example of yours you know because i think a lot of people are listening to us today and even myself that instills a bit of a confidence in, in ourselves saying that what's the harm in trying what is the harm in, in fact you actually that was a favor that you did to yourself by doing that because you landed up somewhere in that organization and ultimately we're working with the people that you wanted to not in the position that you thought but that is how things started for you that's amazing so thank you so much for sharing those top three challenges and how you overcame that and i would like to say that thank you so much for being on my first step ever from your childhood to your university to the incidents that have really shaped your thinking and I would say that this is definitely your innate nature to help people to see the change and become the part of the change. I'm so, so, so glad that you're here. I'm, I'm very happy that someone as young as in the early 20s taking all all the, you know, responsibility and going ahead and doing what is what you feel is right and joining hands with people at a global level because I really believe that if you want to be, big, you know, impact more people you have to kind of join hands with more people with similar vision before we take your leave i like i always request my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying that they really resonate with oh god i
1: think it comes from what you just said perhaps to all the young people that are listening it's not your job to say no to yourself let that be someone else's job so for any chance you see anything you see Don't say no to yourself. Don't listen to that other voice that says, oh, you're not good enough. There are other people. Just give yourself a shot and let them say no to you. And what's the worst that can happen? It's a no. And that means many other no's are yet to come. But keep trying, persevere, and also every no you get, learn from it. It's not your job to say no to yourself, but also every no should give you a solution or a way to improve yourself.
0: Yeah. I, I love that, Oliver. Thank you so much for wrapping up this episode with that amazing quote that it is not your job to say no to yourself. And with every no, it is your job to learn something from it. So thank you so much, Oliver, for being on my first step ever, joining us from all the way from Uganda today. I wanted to kind of say something to you. I During this episode, I felt... That I'm talking to someone who's so articulate, who is so good with communication and someone who's so calm while you're speaking and you you emphasize on such important aspects and you speak so well. So I learned something from you today. Thank you so much for being on my first step ever. It's such a pleasure to have you over here. Thank you so much
1: for having me too. It was a pleasure and I had fun. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Wow, that's amazing. That's what we are here for. So if you're interested in learning that how can you probably, you know, join a, an organization or something that really helps the youth with the sustainable development goals around the world or how you can be part of the change. Definitely follow. Oliver's journey i would leave her linkedin link in the show notes and to all my listeners out there as i always say start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself and stay tuned because we are going to get you some really amazing such unconventional and really action-packed stories to you so that you can take your first steps sooner than later thank you if you're still glued together on this episode thank you so much i really appreciate that and if you really want to hear more such stories from around the globe, then subscribe to my first step ever podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, whichever platform you prefer. Please do give ratings and please do write your comments. And you can directly reach out to me on my first step ever underscore IN. That's my Instagram handle. A little about myself. I have always loved performing on stage, acting, speaking, and just emoting myself. So I use these mediums in different ways so that I can connect with people, help them, empower them, infotain them, which is to inform them and entertain them. If you would like to collaborate for any opportunities, you're more than welcome to connect with me on my Instagram handle. Thank you.